Welcome to the Dr. Raymond Havlicek podcast for today, March 3rd of 2022. Um, Today's podcast is uh, more about Ukraine and uh, talking about uh, the uh, fact that Ukrainians are getting killed all over the place and they're bombing churches and residential neighborhoods and the uh there's a move to try uh putin for war, war crimes which is something i support <clears throat> but today i'm going to talk about why i believe biden is resigned to uh ukraine losing this conflict with uh with russia unfortunately and um after trump stopped nord stream 2 you know, there are two Nord Streams. There's Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2. Nord Stream 1 is functioning. It, it goes through the Baltic and it uh, bypasses Ukraine conveniently. And Nord Stream 2 also goes through the Baltic Sea and bypasses Ukraine. Um, the idea is to be able to cut off Ukraine from energy from, from uh, Russia. Um, Biden approved the, U- the uh, Nord Stream 2 um, and didn't even blink an eye at the idea that it was going to bypass Ukraine. So he had no concern whatsoever for Ukraine's energy needs as Nord Stream could enable Putin to cut off Ukraine while continuing to supply Germany. And Biden and Angela Merkel did not see this as a problem. They had no problem with uh, Russia screwing Ukraine or Germany, for that matter, and America screwing Ukraine by cutting them off from from oil in the middle of winter, no, no less. <clears throat> At the same time, Biden stopped our Keystone pipeline and restricted American energy production. This ensured far greater Russian imported oil, which is, in fact, funding Russia's military with American dollars so they can pay their troops and buy weapons to use against the Ukrainian people. It's insanity. These actions signaled to Russia that there would be no consequence or repercussions should Putin attack Ukraine a second time. Didn't do anything the first time. And uh, whatever the West sanctions for Russia's previous invasion and takeover of Crimea, pardon me, it didn't stop Putin's genocidal aggression uh, going on now against Ukraine. There is no question that Biden's unconscionable and disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan signaled extreme weakness to Russia and China. Russian and Chinese aggression did not occur during Trump's presidency because Trump signals strength, not weakness. Recall that Trump provided Ukraine with Javelin missiles, which uh, proved to be very, very beneficial for Ukraine, particularly in the beginning days of the Russian invasion. Some like Tucker Carlson say Ukraine does not matter. How wrong Carlson is. Incredibly wrong. Ukraine is extremely important because Ukrainians desire freedom and democracy for no other reason. Freedom and democracy. They have natural resources. They have tremendous agriculture. Those things are important to the world. But the most important thing is that they have freedom and democracy. Russia's Ukraine belligerence is just the most recent iteration of the age-old conflict between freedom and authoritarianism. That's what's really going on here. The Russians don't like freedom. The American Revolution was fought over this fundamental issue. The Ukrainians are fighting the same battle today, and we sat on our hands. We will pay a price for this inaction. A world with diminishing freedom and increasing 
tyranny, whether it's fascistic or communist tyranny, makes our nation of freedom and human rights just that much more vulnerable to a takeover. America is more likely to deteriorate from within if we no longer respect freedom and democracy. American national security is weakened when we do not stand for our fundamental values. We are enabling Putin. Our payments for Russian oil are funding Russia's military, plain and simple. The world's civilized nations did not condemn Putin because of Biden. The West has condemned Putin due to empathy for embattled Ukrainians and because of grave concerns and fear that the EU would be next. So it's really a distortion of what's going on to say Biden, as he indicated uh, in his uh, State of the Union speech, uh, is leading the world in its sanctions against Russia. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, the world is outraged with what Putin is doing and frightened. And for that reason, Europe is reacting. <clears throat> if somewhat uh, mediocrely, if there's such a word, but uh, Europe is uh, reacting because of that. Biden has unequivocally signaled that America will allow a free and independent friend of the West to be crushed, crushed by the tyrannical Russian dictator by saying no U.S. troops and sending inadequate military supplies. This oft-stated policy was a green light for Putin. The West's current mediocre support for Ukraine is both a response to the West's guilt for not having defended Ukraine early on and due to the West's fears Russia will expand its military conquests. From the inception, Russia Russian signaled danger to uh, Ukraine and the world by first attacking Crimea, then Georgia, and then by Putin's stated resolve to reinstate the USSR and all of its control over the eastern nations that broke away from it after the collapse of the Soviet Union, and then most recently by amassing 200,000 troops and thousands of tanks on the Ukrainian border. <clears throat> Despite all this, the prevalent messaging from Washington has been no American troops in Ukraine and a half-hearted weak comments about sending assistance, which has turned out to be too little too late. Now that Ukraine is about to be subject to Russia's big weapons, the West is outraged. And believe me, they have big weapons. I don't know if you're following the news about thermobaric or vacuum bombs, which are a poor man's nuclear weapon. Uh, these things are city killers. They're non-nuclear, but they're city killers. As an additional example of American and EU passivity in believing, <clears throat> pardon me, Ukraine's inevitable negative fate is determined at the hands of Russia's army, uh, army, the West has failed to provide the many Ukrainian pilots with planes in neighboring nations that could be used to stop the 40-mile-long convoy of Russian tanks, trucks, and troops that are about to encircle and attack Kiev. <clears throat> Additional indicators of passivity. The U.S. canceled a test of its new ICBM missile uh, out of deference, I guess, to, uh, to uh, the war situation in Putin. And Biden still has not resumed oil and natural gas production that he cut back on the first day that he was in office. The Biden administration has not shut down the Kremlin's propaganda machine that's operating right here in the United States. Yes, RT uh, video or RT television. Once Europe and America declared that there would be no military assistance to Ukraine, Putin had nothing to lose by attacking. 
tyrannical rulers don't care about public opinion either in or outside of their nations. Just in case you were wondering, is it bothering Putin that the world is is pointing their fingers at him? He doesn't care. He's a psychopath. Psychopaths don't care. They just do what they want to do. Washington's resignation to Ukraine falling is evident in the West's failure to provide the much-needed military materials and systems Ukraine needs to win this conflict. Where is the Patriot missile system that could be used to neutralize uh, uh, Russian aircraft that are operating over uh, Ukraine and bombing the hell out of its cities and towns? Thus far, it appears that the oft-mentioned political commentary out of Washington is that Ukrainians are fighting valiantly. So everyone stands up and applauses at the State of the Union how brave the Ukrainians are. Well, what about our bravery? What are we doing? Well, that seems to not be controversial, though the Ukrainians are not being fully provided with all their military needs, which will ensure an ultimate Russian military victory if you define victory as the subjugation and destruction of a free and independent nation. All this points to Biden writing off Ukraine. This is, in reality, America's resignation to Ukraine's ultimate fate. It is one big self-fulfilling prophecy. One big self-fulfilling prophecy. This begs the question, is this America's new foreign policy? America won't ever go to war to ensure democracy and freedom triumphs? What does this portend for America's national security? How can America remain free if China and Russia becomes the world's preeminent, preeminent military and economic power center? They are already allies. America, as we have known her, cannot survive without America remaining militarily and economically the world's most powerful nation. It just can't be. It's simple. If we are not the strongest, China and Russia win. Without American leadership, the rest of the world will gradually be taken over by Russian and China's tyranny. The good news is it now appears that both left and right opposition to asserting American power in Ukraine has subsided somewhat. I believe Tucker Carlson has been roundly discredited in favoring Russia over Ukraine. Of course, there are a few numbskulls who are holdouts. We need to ask how much more provocation does Washington and NATO need to be willing to endure to effectively decide on confronting Putin? This is worrisome because no one seems to know where the red line is beyond which we must effectively respond militarily. Effective response means we actually want to fight a war to win, not to for a draw. Either Americans stands for freedom or we don't. Either we are willing to defend freedom, as Ukraine is now doing, or we don't. Biden is so weak, he will not confront his party's left with regard to restarting American energy production. His priority is the Green New Deal is more important than the national security American energy independence would bring. Can you imagine that? That, that crackpots like John Kerry are going around uh, hoping that the Green New Deal has not been disrupted by what Putin is doing in Ukraine. He's actually asked uh, Putin to please still support the Paris Accords. Biden tries to camouflage his administration's funding of Putin's war against Ukraine by buying Russian oil rather than producing our own. 
Putin does not care about world opinion or even domestic opinion. Putin is expanding his genocide against Ukraine despite an 11 to 1 UN Security Council vote and a General Assembly vote to condemn the invasion. Putin has even ignored large Russian protests in St. Petersburg and throughout Russia against the invasion in Ukraine, which erupted after uh, the jailed Russian dissident Navalny called for more more protests. The only thing that Putin understands is military force. That begs the question, why have we not done enough to ensure that Ukraine wins? Weak American fatalistic defeatist thinking has caused some Americans to write off Ukraine. Ronald Reagan didn't do that with the Soviet Union. We have turned our backs on Ukraine after Bill Clinton succeeded in getting Ukraine to give up its nukes in exchange for the U.S. having Ukraine's back. This action alone has diminished world belief in America's standing for freedom and human rights. All things stand as things stand right now. America is screwed, hopefully not irreversibly. A little math. The United States consumes a little under 20 million barrels of oil per day, which is more than the entire European Union. This is about 20% of the world's total oil consumption. In 2020, oil production in the United States reached 16.5 million barrels per day. We are currently producing less than 12 million. That's a, a 4 million barrel a day deficit. Of the seven, almost eight million barrels per day the U.S. imported in 2020, the majority came from North American neighbors, Canada, uh, with 4.13 million barrels and Mexico with 750,000 barrels a day. This means that wind and solar could never meet the needs we have for oil, particularly if we stop importing 600,000 barrels a day from Russia. The the uh, the Keystone Pipeline alone is capable of transmitting more than eight hundred thousand barrels of oil a day if we completed the the project. What a message that would send to Mr. Putin! Only increased American energy production can fill the gap. Things we could do now to immediately help, aside from stopping Russian oil imports, the most important move now, in my opinion is for the president to announce that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. This would give enormous diplomatic leverage and greater incentive to help the campaign. It could more strongly rally European support. European governments are all attentive to the concept of war crimes. Secondly, it would reinforce Ukraine by supporting President Zelensky. And third, it, if it goes through, it means the end of Putin as a world leader, no matter how it turns out. It's a very powerful move. Putin doesn't really care about the money. He does care about his reputation, and so does China. NATO seems to be wimping out somewhat. They're preventing members such as Poland from flying fighter planes to Ukraine through NATO air, airspace. This negative policy is driven by the United States. Russia does not own the borders of Ukraine. They belong to the Ukrainians. Ukraine is a sovereign nation under threat. And under the United Nations Charter, nations have the right to request assistance for self-defense, no less for Ukraine. How would the Russians know a fighter plane has been transferred using NATO airspace? How do they know it didn't fly over the Black Sea? How do they know it didn't come in over Belarus? The airspace belongs to Ukraine. Uh, 
If they ask for help and or a no-fly zone, why can't we fly airplanes in there? Well, it's because of the Russians, many say. They might come up and contest it. That's the Russians' problem, in my opinion. They have to deal with that because they are the ones that started this invasion. They're going to get shot down. Okay, then what? Putin says he's going to use a nuclear weapon. If we back away from that challenge, uh, if we don't confront it, this is like a two-pair poker bluff for incredibly high stakes. Ukraine's Zelensky tells Fox News it's a pity U.S. support came after the Russian war began. He also said, if we can't have planes, give us tanks. Many believe we should not assertively confront Putin's tyranny because Putin might use nuclear weapons if he was losing. If we think there's a chance Putin would use a nuclear weapon against us, I guess we just need to give up on the entire concept of extended deterrence. Let the Russians and Chinese just have their way, because if we if we confront them, they're going to nuke us. Why would we want to defend Estonia if Putin might want to use a nuclear weapon? Some of our leaders say, is Estonia worth it? You say it's NATO. But the cold, hard reality is Putin can move into Estonia and take control before we can even make up our minds about what to do about it. Or Taiwan. What if China says, you come into Taiwan again, we're going to use a nuclear weapon. The Chinese have a lot of people. They have a lot of nuclear weapons. What if North Korea says, you hold another exercise, we're going to use a nuclear weapon. Say to North Korea, oh, we're going to obliterate you. No, you're not going to obliterate us, the North Koreans might say. We can attack the United States now. What if Iran says it? That's the answer to it. It was easy to be the world's hyperpower when we were going against Libya, Iraq, and Syria. The United States has to recalibrate its understanding, leadership, and processes to work in this new era, or we will lose the rules-based international system, which we're proud to have established after World War II, and which we established by using the concept of extended deterrence. Uh, thanks to General Wesley Clark for pointing out these issues in today's post, and many thanks uh, to all for your support. I really appreciate it and look forward to my next uh, podcast. I'm going to play a little uh, uh, sad music about uh, Ukraine right now. The more I watch the news, the more upset and sick I get watching it, seeing these people get decimated, seeing mothers holding babies and crying over their husbands going off to war to fight the Ukraine, uh, the, um, the Russian army. Uh, it is extremely sad. It is extremely sad. And um, I, I really hope that America and the EU wake up fast enough to make sure not just that we stop the Russians, but that Ukraine actually wins the conflict with uh, Russia and pushes them out so that they can resume their freedom-loving democracy. Thanks for listening. I have another podcast coming up soon in which I think we're going to be lucky enough to interview someone in the in Kiev right uh, right now as the bombing is going on. And uh, that will be coming up in the next few days. I really appreciate all the support and the hundreds of uploads that apparently have uh, taken place. 
place with my podcast. Thank you very much. It's greatly appreciated.